In this episode of The Cooler Ring, we're going to revisit a show from February 2020 with Christina Wegner, VP of Marketing at Volrath Company. Christina shares her experience as a new marketer within a diversified manufacturer and how she approached the development of a new web experience for that company. She tells us about the process behind creating the Human Resource Foundation for success, including the integration of external agency and freelance talent, properly building out content taxonomies and what it takes to do that well, as well as developing the technical infrastructure to power a fully integrated web presence. As someone who's overseen the design and development effort behind hundreds and hundreds of websites over the past two and a half decades, I think Christina does a fantastic job of illustrating the real effort required to do this right within a manufacturer. I hope you enjoy the show. You're listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers, brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White, and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? You know, I'm doing, uh, I think, kind of normal. Like, <laughs> Just I, I really, normal? I, I feel like this is, you know, people are used to hearing me say that I'm doing well, and uh, which I think, you know, generally you I try to be well. Are, yeah. I, I, so, yeah. so I'm normal. You're normal? Yeah. 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 And nor- but normal's good. Well, as normal as I'm going to get, probably. <laughs> well, it's um, always good when we get to talk with people on the podcast and you know that that are elevate that them. are normal too. Is that what no, you're no? Suggesting? I'm saying their normal is they're are they're extraordinary, and yeah. it stands out against my normal against our normal. I think that works. Yeah, I, think I think that works. Right. I think today's guest is going to help, um, you know, really kind of shine a light on an area of marketing that every marketer goes through and they always ask the question, but they never have an answer to. And I got to say, as an agency, um, we haven't always had a great answer for this either. And that is when a, when a, somebody asks us, how long is it going to take to build this website? And, and they don't ask... What's it going to take from us? Yeah, they're not yeah. asking us how long does it take to build, but more what's it going to take client side. So today's guest is really going to help kind of unpack that for us and uh, i'm really excited about that and i should tell our listeners in advance um uh, that uh, our, today's guest didn't work with Kula partners on building the website no. so in no way is this like an inside baseball look at how we do things it's more just a look at how uh, american manufacturer does it yeah yeah no, i'm excited to hear the perspective so joining us today is christina wagner christina is the vice president of marketing at the volrath company Thanks for joining us on The Cooler Ring, Christina. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love it. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you both. Christina, are you feeling uh, extraordinary or just normal? I'm I'm normally feeling pretty extraordinary, so I feel like a little of both might play into this a little bit. Nice, nice. Well, I can tell you that uh, what folks don't know before we get on this uh, recording is that of the technical difficulties that we had to fight through to get here. Yeah, so, so it feels especially good I, I, I can tell you finally. Christina's yeah. uh, troubleshooting skills uh, would uh, skew towards the extraordinary. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've met IT people with lesser abilities. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. Not, that's just that's too easy fair. to beat up that's on IT fair. people. No, no. Especially going into this discussion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we need those partnerships, so let's not burn any bridges too soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Christina, why don't you introduce our listeners to yourself and uh, let us know a bit more about the Volrath company as well, if you would. 
Yeah, no problem. So as as you all said, my name is Christina Wegner, and I am based in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, so south of you all. And um, today is a beautiful day, which is always nice to see the sunshine in the winter in Wisconsin. Um, I have been with the Volrath Company just over two years. Um, I've got a little bit of an interesting path in my career that um, while I've always been in the brand and advertising space, um, I have been in a few different industries, financial services, the plumbing industry, um, professional golf, and then prior to that, inter intercollegiate uh, sports. So definitely uh, dip my toe into a lot of different spaces. And what's crazy about all of it is they have so many commonalities amongst them all. So I've been able to take those learnings from those other industries and, and bring those with me to the Volrath company and, and share that with our, our awesome organization that's been around for 145 years. And we've been manufacturing over 80% of our products uh, in the United States. Um, we are still family owned and professionally operated. And so we are very proud of our history in the state of Wisconsin and other um, states across the United States, as well as uh, located in uh, Spain. And we also have a facility in China as well, where we manufacture. Awesome. And, and not to, I want to go back to this, but to professional golf, in, in what capacity did you play? Um, no, I didn't play. I ran operations on the PGA Tour at a PGA Tour stop in Wisconsin. And then after that, I worked for the PGA of America in Wisconsin at Whistling Straits for the 2004 PGA Championship. That's a beautiful track, Jeff. My um, my guess is Christina can drive the ball further than you can. I, That's all everybody <laughs> can drive the ball further than I can. Not to diminish any skills you may have, Christina. No, but th this is true. Jeff really over-indexes on the mountain biking side of things, but uh, golf is not his forte. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm up for a challenge anytime. We do definitely have some amazing tracks in Wisconsin, and and I love to share in the experiences when anyone is interested. That's one thing I love about folks from Wisconsin is they remind me a lot of people from Nova Scotia, actually, yeah. in that uh, y'all are very keen to introduce people to your part of the world, and uh, I, that's a, something I find that we share. Um, Christine, I wonder if we could just kind of start getting into this a little bit because part of your work as you started um, uh, with Volrath was really to take a, a hard look at the digital foundation that there, that was in place. And, and you made a decision to, to kind of tackle that big website redesign project, which, you know, a lot of marketers are really hesitant to jump into, frankly. Um, so can you first just tell us a little bit about kind of how that project was initiated and a little bit about the project governance, if you will, if... Uh, if you had any, um, you know, kind of committees that were struck to help guide the process or anything of that nature, and perhaps start bringing us into it a bit. Sure, no problem. So we have, as I mentioned, we are a global organization, and when I was brought in, I was challenged to really um, grow our brand as the Volrath company, not just from a food service perspective, but um, within our Volrath manufacturing services, which is our OEM business. Um, we have a cleaning business as well, and then um, which is commercial cleaning, and we make custom cleaning machines. We have frozen treat side of the business, and then um, we also have a consumer brand called Nuku. And so what my initial challenge was to really figure out a way to bring all of those businesses under one technology umbrella and start really finding cohesion amongst the brands. 
And so when I started, I the first thing you do is you pull up the website on your phone and you start to kind of dig, dig on things and figure out um, more about the company. And the first thing that I noticed when I pulled up volrath.com up on my telephone was that it was not a responsive experience. And the three of us know very well as marketers that if the experience the consumer isn't having on their phone isn't a good one, then they're probably moving along and and finding the next experience that is going to be a better one for them. So while that seems so simple, that was one of my my biggest opportunities that I had that we could start peeling that back um, from the onion and figuring out how we were going to deploy a responsive website to the total organization. I mean, it's so interesting to me that, uh, I mean, the responsive web has been around for a while now, uh, but it is amazing how you, especially in manufacturing um, space, that you still run into sites that aren't responsive, I yeah. mean, in 2020. Very much so. And I, I sadly have to say that we are not the only ones in our competitive set that don't have a responsive website. So I'm happy to say that um, by the end of January, we will. And I'm excited for those listeners out there when they listen to this. Hopefully they'll be able to check out our new website and, and be awed by how beautiful it looks. You asked me also, you know, how we started to build out the plan for this. And, and what was critical to me when I started was to do more listening than talking and to really understand where the challenges were for the organization with the website. And, um, you know, marketing isn't the only stakeholder on with a website. Of course, we want it to be beautiful and we want it to represent the brand, uh, but there's so many other pieces that fall into place. So there's product managers that have a say in it. There's general managers that have a say in what's on there. We have customer service that uses the website probably more than our customers even use the website. Um, We have technical services that go on there for technical documentation. Um, We have engineers that um, have to have some say in it because of the technical nature of our products to make sure that they have the CAD files or the Revit files, whatever the things are that we need to support that, they need to be coming along in the process with us. So it was definitely a large group of people that we had to tap into. Um, Our sales organization was also another piece um, to that pie and getting their feedback. And um, then the last piece was our end user and, and getting their feedback as well. So we created what we call still to this day, our advisory council. And it's made up of one or two people from each of those areas that I mentioned. Um, they had a say in um, the all of their priorities that they felt were necessary for us to go through the discovery work with the agency that we move forward with. And um, that really helped us to kind of develop what our goals were and then what our KPIs were going into the project. Now, I have to ask um, before you, and we'll get into the kind of choosing of the agency you worked with um, in a moment, but with you coming on at Volrath, was the organization, was anybody kind of surprised at the depth of uh, team that you wanted to pull together in order to tackle this project? Or, or were they expecting that, you know, by approaching this, that everyone pretty much in the organization was going to have to play a role of some kind? Um, that's a really good question. I think that they were a little bit surprised 
and not because of the size of the group that I pulled together, but more about the questions we were asking and the level of participation we wanted. Um, in the past, it seemed like a similar group, plus or minus a few, um, had been pulled together in the past. And I think what had happened was that um, a really amazing website was promised and under-delivered. And so we had to ensure that through our listening and our conversations um, that we didn't do, we didn't repeat the same thing. Yeah, it's always um, almost a tougher assignment when you're when you're picking up after people have been um, kind of brought into that kind of a collaborative process only to be let down or to be ignored. A hundred percent. It's a huge uh, challenge to kind of get that trust built up again. So as you uh, so you, you you bent to the task of of procuring uh, or securing an agency partner and and in doing so you also have a, a fairly large team in-house as well do you not a 20 person or so marketing team yep yep that's right for sure so we we identified an agency that really fit well with our culture and um, the the needs that we saw kind of going forward where we could fill a gap with our internal folks and then where they had some strengths on their team and how those two things fit together really beautifully. And, and so we jumped right in and we went through um, really a three-step process. There's probably more steps in it, but kind of a three-bucketed approach, which was discovery, development, and deployment. Yes, uh, we have a, an agency consultant friend that always likes to make fun of agencies and their 3D processes, but <laughs> it, you know it does lend itself to it. I yeah. mean, uh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, but it's always um, uh, funny when somebody lifts a mirror up in front of you quite that harshly. Yes. Right, right. No, I appreciate that. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample abm so uh and and, and this has been um uh, the, the just for clarity the the agency partner is helping to bring uh, a level of kind of structure to the engagement and kind of how to tackle this beast in addition to uh the development expertise uh, and then my understanding is that uh, volrath is kind of handling more of the content and design side of the equation Exactly. Yeah. So our agency partner has really been helping us from a tech stack perspective. So helping us to identify um, what PIM we're using, um, making sure that we have you know the right CMS, we have the right digital asset management system in place. Um, we, it all connects with our ERP system. So you know all of that uh, marketing. Uh, lingo bingo that we all like to play, but so many of those pieces are so critical to having, you know, it, the website can look really beautiful out in front to all of our customers, but if all that stuff behind the scenes isn't working properly, it's it really slows us down and it's super debilitating. 
Uh, when we when you don't do the research and build that part properly, it's you know I call it the foundation of the house. If the foundation of the house has any cracks in it or it's at all shaky, then then the rest of the structure isn't. It can look beautiful, but it's probably not going to last you very long. And at the end of the day, we find that it may actually cost more money um, in the long run to keep it up um, if it hasn't been built properly. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir there. I, um, I I think so many people in an effort to try to save a little bit of money at the outset of an initiative like this end up uh, spending so much more down the road by trying to take these shortcuts rather than just build the foundation right. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned that my team is uh, really building the content and that side of the infrastructure. And I would say that that um, is equally as important as well in making sure that the information that's going into our our PIM system is clean. It's really clean data. Um, I think I had given an example at one point, you know, we make a lot of stainless steel pieces. Um, and if in the system it was noted as SS or stainless or stainless steel or, you know, whatever other permutation you can make of stainless steel. Steel brackets, stainless. Exactly. I mean, it. any permutation of that, if it is not entered consistently into the system, that impacts our customer's ability to search the term properly in um, in finding a product. And so that is something that we have taken the time to really clean up that going into the new system so that we create the most robust search engine we're able to create for our new website. It's so refreshing to hear because that you've actually, you know, bit the bullet and, and actually gone ahead and, and ensured that you have a clean taxonomy going forward because it, it will give you a foundation for for everything that comes after, both internally and externally from a marketing and operations perspective, uh, as well as, uh, you know, ensuring that your customers have a good experience. But aside from that, it is just a massive undertaking to fix all of these little data points that all have such a huge impact on on overall experience. And how many SKUs? We are in the neighborhood of 13,000 SKUs. Um, because we have such a robust number of SKUs, we've definitely had to um, take it one chunk at a time. And so what we did is we played the 80-20 rule. So we looked at uh, 20% of our SKUs that offer 80% of our revenue. And we really focused on those first and made those as perfect as perfect can be. So everything from 360 photography to making sure that CAD symbols, Revit files, all the technical documentation, all of that stuff exists on that product detail page uh, before it goes live. And then after this first phase launches, we'll start to go back and fix um, the next set of 20% of our 80, you know, we're, we're breaking those, the SKU number down bit by bit so that we can be really productive and, and we can get the site up and, um, and we can feel some sense of accomplishment as we move um, down the path. That's a, some good bit of advice. I think a lot of people do struggle with that. And it's like, you know, you got to eat the elephant one bite at a time. Yeah. And so you some, might as well yes. eat, eat the most expensive part of the elephant first. <laughs> True. Yeah. I don't know how long we can extend this. Let's, metaphor, but, let's but you got to start chewing at some point, right? You got to start <laughs> doing it. 
I've often said that the only people that underestimate how much time it takes to create web content are people that have never done it before. Um, uh, did your team have a pretty good understanding of what they were getting themselves into at that point? Or did you kind of get it, get that kind of awakening along the path? Yeah, no, I, I laugh because I, I think that it is, it is such an underestimated um, time um, sucker, if you will, that, um, you know, we, we expected that we were going to have to go back and, and rewrite whether it was the product detail pages, or we were going to have to write, you know, a little bit more of that marketing glamorous, you know, co- fluffy copy, if you will. And, um, and it is because we have our heightened sense of quality that we're going after. And even just going back and rewriting copy that, um, hasn't been touched for many, many years. Um, that has been a source of, um, of opportunity for us. And we did not estimate properly for that. So we've had to bring on um, three new freelance writers to help us to just expedite the timing of it um, so that we hit our deadline to launch the website at the end of January. Three uh, freelance writers. Okay, how long have they been with you? And uh, so I'm just trying to get a kind of a wrap my arms around the total writing effort that you see for V1 of this. We have a full-time like content writer. I would say he's more of a general writer on our team. And then we have a technical writer on our team full-time. So the two of them have been involved, but on a much smaller scale, just because they have their full-time jobs that they're also focused on, but they're really overseeing the other three freelance writers that we have. So um, one of them had written for us previously, so had a, a good understanding of the voice of the brand. Um, the other two, actually two of them had written for us previously. And then the other one was new to the organization. So had to bring her along a little bit more in understanding the brand. But I would say for all three of them, it was a new approach for the organization because we needed to take um, a very simplified approach to web writing. Because writing for a website, as we know, is very different than writing a printed catalog. Um, and, and we needed to be short, sweet, and succinct on things. And we meet, needed to make sure that the content from a search engine optimization perspective was definitely popping. And so that was a little bit of a skill that we needed to, to work with our writers on um, through this process. Have they been on for, has this been like a six month, uh, nine months? How long, how long have they been uh, at this? I would say they've been writing for about nine months, uh, two of them specifically. And then we just brought on um, another one probably in the last two months. Fascinating. This um, this is really helping to, to shape up and I think give our listeners a really good uh, kind of feeling for what they might be getting themselves into yeah. here. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious, um, uh, uh, who else on the team? I'm sure those writers needed to uh, kind of lean on some more technical resources to help get them the information they, they needed, et cetera. Uh, were there other folks uh, that were also in this mix? And um, and what does that time commitment start to look like? Sure. So um, we have a, a digital manager and he has overseen the entirety of the process. Um, he, has, he came on probably three to six months into the project. <laughs> so nothing better than jumping straight into the deep end on that. Um, so our digital manager, I mentioned our two content specialists, we have a graphic designer who has been helping us with photography and making, she's been art directing 
the photo side of it. We just had a videographer start on Monday last week, and he has been jumping again into the deep end to help us start um, building out some additional content that will live on the website. And then we have project managers that oversee each one of our businesses. And I would say they've been a key support to the project as well, making sure that product is ordered and it's photographed. You know, they're helping get copy approved from the product managers. So it's it's definitely a team effort. I did hire a um, contract project manager um, for the project. That is the only thing that he works on is project managing the entirety of this project. And I would say that was a key to this entire project. Um, as I said in the beginning, maybe at the beginning of this part of the conversation that the digital manager came on about six months into the project without Marcus, um, the project manager on this project, there's no way I would have been able to keep the project moving without the digital manager in place. Yeah, that makes sense. And how long has this been on the go? Like uh, we're, we're, we're staring down the barrel of a January 2020 launch. Uh, fingers crossed. Everybody's, you know, everything goes well. Uh, when did it start? Um, well, I'm. it started in 2018, in December of 2018. So we are definitely um, a full year um, into the project. Um, so we'll, we'll just be over, just over a year, I think, to get to this phase one launch. That is, um, I wish I could say that that's uncommon, but uh, I don't think it is. Um, and, and this is particularly well-planned and, and staffed mm. and executed. Yeah. Too. So, yeah. you know, trying to do that with even fewer in-house resources can certainly make a big difference in, in terms of success, pulling it off in a timely manner. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I would say there were probably, leading up to the December kind of go start running and doing the discovery work and all of that. Um, there were definitely a few months ahead of that. So I would say that we're probably a year and a half into it, you know, creating the, the information for the RFP and, you know, interviewing agencies um, and all of those pieces. There was definitely some, some work that went along or before that December kind of start executing with the agency work. That makes sense. Um, I wonder, I mean, we talked a lot about the content um, time uh, commitment as well as some of the PM oversight. Um, and for you, uh, leading the entire um, uh, organization, I mean, it was, uh, what was it like for you? Were we kind of talking the kind of thing where it was like about half your job for the first uh, three, three to six months and then it scaled down from there? Yeah, you know, it was it was probably half, if not more, of my job because I didn't have that digital manager in place, and I was filling the gap of that role with the project manager. So the project manager hadn't worked with the company before, so I was I was filling the gap of really getting him up to speed on the organization, and and I was still kind of in the infancy of my position. So we were trying to figure out what the what we wanted the brand to look like in this new space and and really working through a lot of things in parallel with the website redesign happening. So it it definitely took a good of a good amount of my time, but I was extremely committed to it because I knew it was the right thing for the organization. And as I said, kind of back to the foundation, 
as soon as this foundation was in place, I knew that the other brands will be able to quickly fall into line um, with these platforms and we'll be able to do a lot of website redesigns right behind this. And, and quite honestly, I don't know if I mentioned this, but our Stolting Food Service brand will launch within a week or two of the Volrath Food Service website because of how great these platforms are and working with each other. Nice, nice. And, uh, and like I said, there's a lot more brands to come after that. I mean, even some of your uh, consumer-facing products. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, I wonder what, um, uh, any big surprises now that we're, you know, we're a year and a half into this, um, uh, outside of maybe just the absolute uh, commitment required to get that much content created? You know, it's a, a great question. And I actually had the opportunity to work through the the beta today of the website before I jumped on the phone with you guys. So I got to get really jazzed up about what we're working on. And I think the biggest surprise for me was the amount of work um, that hadn't been put into auditing and keeping our CMS system and our PIM um, really clean. And so now because of that and and the lack of a digital digital asset management resource, all all three of those pieces have set us back a little bit of time because we've needed to clean the data. We've had to build a library of photography to be able to deploy that into the website. Um, And those pieces are so critical for us going forward to keep clean so that we don't have to do this again. And while I call it a website redesign, it could have been easier in some cases to just start from scratch. Um, and, and we didn't do that. But um, going forward, that will definitely be a critical component or critical role on our team um, that we have somebody that keeps all of that information really up to date so that if we ever have to put it into a new system, again, we won't have to spend the time doing that. Yeah, um... You know, it's interesting, uh, listeners to this show will uh, possibly remember a very early guest uh, from, uh, was it ABB uh, that that taught us about the merits of uh, projects versus uh, uh, products Products versus versus projects? projects? Or was that uh, GE? Uh, I'm terrible. I'm going to offend somebody if I keep going. So without giving somebody... One or the other. uh, But... But I do think this is uh, it's key. I mean, it's, uh, again, uh, when you think about a website redesign and all of those other pieces that contribute to it, getting the data right and the PIM, et cetera, et cetera, when you start to think of them as one-and-done projects, um, well, then things don't get managed in between those redesign cycles. Yeah, and you it, end up missing something like making sure the PIM is fully up-to-date with yeah. proper data. But if you yeah. manage it as an ongoing product and we resource against it, now once this thing gets built and live in, in, in January, well, then you're going to be in a much better position five years out or whatever when you um, maybe go to refresh the visual look and feel of the site that it will have evolved and been much more of a living system if it's thought of as a yeah. product. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um. Now we're just getting on the soapbox and trying yeah. to. Um, <laughs> That's I, not what this is for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Christina, I wonder. Um, it's a. This is absolutely a completely unfair question to ask because I'm asking you, and you haven't even launched the site yet. But if you had to do it over again, is there one thing that you would do differently? Oh, that is a good one. Um, 
You know, I don't know that I would right now. I think that we have done a really good job of challenging ourselves to find really creative ways to continue to hit our deadlines um, by not sacrificing the quality of the product um, and, you know, making sure that we're going to provide our customers with a really amazing experience while at the same time meeting the needs of our internal stakeholders. So fingers crossed, I think we're in a really, really great space. I guess one thing that maybe everybody would um, would love to have is more resources, both financially and human resources. Um, I mean, if I could go back and ask for more money and more people, that would without question help speed things up and and move things along um, a little bit faster. But otherwise, I think that I would do it the same way again if I could. I think that's wonderful, you know, it, that it actually has been that good of an experience despite having taken <laughs> as long as it has because they are big beasts of a project. Yeah, so, yeah there'd be a, a collection of people in your uh, shoes that would probably just say, don't ever do it again would be the, <laughs> the do-over advice. So, yeah. uh, the fact that you're not uh, singing from that song sheet uh, says uh, speaks volumes, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Christina, thank you so much for um, taking the time to introduce us uh, to Volrath and kind of uh, just talk us through this. I think it's been really helpful to um, help us understand how you've resourced uh, the, the the redesign of this site and just really uh, a look under the hood as to how that came together has been just extremely helpful, I know, to, to Jeff and I, and I'm sure to our listeners as well. Thanks for sharing it today on The Cooler Ring. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.